radio? Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Friday, July 3rd, 2020, it's the Laced Up Hockey Podcast, and uh, and I'm still James Cole, and you are still quarantined. Hmm. Uh, hmm. I am Bruce Pataglia of the North Side. I'm uh, moderately quarantined at the moment. Okay. Yeah, because you, you just had a, a nice outing out of out of the yeah, city. Yeah, like, like, you know, like I just, I didn't, I didn't go to see my family. Uh, yesterday, like I was going to, there was a family barbecue. I didn't go. I just figured that was probably the smart call. Um, but it's not like I really came into contact with many people on the trip. I mean, enough, but not not that many. So, um, but yeah, no, I had a nice, I had a nice little trip. You know, it was a good, uh, good time. Lots of uh, lots of booze, for sure. Yeah, I uh, I saw a picture of the. Uh, I don't even know if I can call it a cooler. Mm. It's more like a treasure trunk of oh, with uh, the alcohol? beer and ice, you guys. Yeah, yeah, and you know what's crazy is we filled that up multiple times. Wow. <laughs> like, that wasn't for the whole trip. That was, like, multiple times we did that. We did, uh, we had one day, uh, you know what summer hummers are? I don't for think For the people do. who don't know what summer hummers are, I mean, it's, you know, like, there's probably different words for it. Um, it's essentially, we make our own pink Whitney and put it in a cooler kind of thing. Um, but we came up with it first. He stole it from us. And, uh, yeah, like, it's literally just, like, pink lemonade, some Sprite, a bunch of different boozes, pouring in a cooler, and then you, uh, you dunk the cup in, and, and you drink, you drink out of the cup. And what's particularly interesting about that is the Summer Hummers lasted us maybe an hour and a half, because of the cooler size we picked. So that was gone real fast the one day. We thought we were going to have a Summer Hummers day, and it was more like part of the afternoon. Uh, by the end of it, because we kept it on the beach, the uh, last four or five cups were filled with sand. So that was uh, useless. Hmm. I didn't, I'm not about the texture uh, part of the Summer Hummers when they're filled with sand. I, I'll just pass. I'm not about the, the sand-infused drinks. So uh, I, I, I passed on the, on the back half for sure. Um Oh, that's good though. You had you had something to kind of keep you busy for the weekend. Funny and... story uh, when we were coming out on the because we rented a houseboat. You know, I'm not I'm not going to divulge who was on the trip. What I will say is uh, we're coming out on the houseboat. We're coming out of Kenora, and uh, especially when you're in boats, but uh, but especially when you're in a houseboat, uh, everyone's giving you the wave on the lake. About boats are passing you, everyone waves at you. You wave at everyone, they wave at you. And a uh, little sidebar here, because it was a bachelor party, our buddy had visors made up for everyone on the trip, and the visors were uh, uh, <laughs> were bright red with white font that said "already married" on it. Because the guy who's uh, who was bachelor party, he's actually already married. It's a long story. Um, so I was surprised we were getting waves at all because we're all wearing red visors with white font, and it just it just I thought was going to convey the wrong sort of message. Uh, our buddy who had him made, you know, it was Canada Day was his reasoning. So, uh, but anyway, sure. So we're everyone's waving, waving, 
and so we're coming out of the uh, of the bay where it starts to get a little more uh, a little more wide open, and we're going past this one camp. And I joke uh, every single year when we go out because I go to Lake of the Woods every summer um, that I want to find out where Mike Richards' camp is. And sure as shit, we're driving on the on the bay, and this guy's sitting on his dock with his two with his two dogs, and he waves, nice long wave, and. Uh, like, we're all just kind of, we wave at him, and there's a few of us just standing on top of the boat, and we're like, is that Mike Richards? And we're just kind of laughing, we're like, oh yeah, it must be, like, you know, but, like, we didn't really think it was, like, you know, what are the chances? And as we're going further away, I'm looking at it, and I follow Mike Richards on Instagram, and if anyone else does out there, he posts a fucking ton of pictures of him at his lake house, because he lives there. So there's plenty of pictures of this place. The more I'm looking at it, I'm like, that actually is... That looks exactly like his fucking place. Sure as shit, later that day, he posts a picture on Instagram of him sitting on his deck with his two dogs, wearing exactly what he was wearing. It looked exactly like it did in where we saw it. So we got the wave from Mike Richards, which I thought was pretty funny. um, Because knowing Mike Richards, he was probably very jealous of, uh, of us on the houseboat. Sure, he would have liked to come out and have a time. Uh, that is a three-time uh, Stanley Cup finalist, Mike Richards, uh, to all all the people it's, at home that don't know, don't remember. It's who just that guy an interesting is. way to word it, considering he is definitely a two-time Stanley Cup champion, um, as well as an Olympic gold medalist, which is uh, like he, a very good career on the guy. So you want, yeah, yes, he was on the 2010 team. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember yeah, that. He's got uh, there's a picture on his Instagram, him and Chris Pronger just hugging each other and shit. Just a couple of uh, NWO boys, eh? You, you, love, you love to see Good it. To you see. No, yeah. no Sean Pronger on the team, but uh, the other Pronger was <laughs> on the team. I like how I just referred to Chris Pronger as the other Pronger. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, like one of the best defensemen of all time, you know, the other Pronger? Brother played like 85 games in the league. Hmm. Uh, you know who else was uh, on the uh, 2010 uh gold medal uh, winning team that year. Uh, Yeah, Hockey Hall of Famer. uh, Oh, I actually didn't know that that's who you were transitioning to. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Recently elected. We should add, um, the fun part about this week, I know I jokingly say that I don't know what we're talking about this week. I really don't, because uh, as I just mentioned, uh, since we recorded the last episode, I packed, I went out of town, I got home, and, and I've I've been on Twitter for like a collective forty minutes since I got back, so so this will be fun. Yeah, that'll happen I'm, when, I'm, when you're in the sun. For I'm going to be really so. uninformed. This could be an episode where you do the bulk of the work. I'm not going to lie. Well, okay, uh, that's fine, <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah, no, uh, Jerome McGinley going into the Hall of Fame as everyone in the world predicted yeah. uh, he would. Um, some of his induct fellow inductees, not so obvious, but um, it is what it is. Roman Ginla's going in. He's, he's joined by uh, a fellow first ballot Hall of Famer Marion Hossa. Uh, Kevin Lowe. Hmm. Um, and it's about damn time Doug Wilson uh, along with uh, Kim St. Pierre from the uh, women's side and Ken Holland in the builder category. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Again, this is this is one of those oh, years so where it was like, stupid. yeah, there's there's two guys that are definitely going to go in, and they got in. 
there's a couple guys that have been waiting for a long time that, you know, I I think one of them deserved it. I definitely don't know why Kevin Lowe is getting the call. Um, you know what's ironic about that? Is I genuinely thought that if Kevin Lowe ever got in, way better case as a builder. And I still don't think he has the case as a builder. But, like, I don't even think of him as a player. I think of him as a hockey executive. And was, for a yeah. while, a very good one. He, uh, uh, There's a reason why he's uh, not really in charge of the Oilers anymore. But, uh, yeah, like, you know, right. I just... I don't... I, that's, I think that's the... I think that's weirder than Guy Carboneau to me. Um, I understand the Stanley Cup argument, but I mean, you know, like, it's just like, like, are we putting Charlie Huddy in next? Because they're similar players. (laughs) And Charlie Huddy's had a better coaching career. So, like, like, it's just insane to me. Uh, Doug Wilson, again, um, I'm fine with him getting in in any capacity. I, 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 again, think of him as a builder but he at least had a good playing career. So, um, again, mm-hmm. playing career uh, Hall of Fame worthy? Uh, fucking no. I, I don't think so, but like we talk about it all the time, about how it's a business, and uh, we're just kind of at that point where you just you have to induct a certain amount of people every year. The Hall of Fame's not going to go back to inducting, not that they ever did, but go back to inducting like one or two guys every year. It's probably the way they should do it, but they don't do it that way, so... But yet, you know, and it's funny you say that because they have no problem doing that for the women's side, apparently, because yeah. they, they have the option to send two women every year. And, and aside from the uh, the first first season, I want to say, was it 2009, something like that, uh, that's the only year that they've sent two women. And this year, like, nothing against Kim St. Pierre. Like, I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find someone that's going to sit here and say that she shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Um but just the fact that she's once like once again she's like we got one lady going in yeah and you know there's so many options that you could make the case for and I don't really understand the logic there because you're right like year after year we see them cram four guys into the ballot for the men's side and usually you know two or three of them don't really deserve to go so yeah. like. I just don't. I don't. I don't see that. There's no consistency well, in, in this sort of selection. Like, there, there's a little bit to be said for the fact that there just genuinely is less influential women players uh, in the grand scheme than men, just because the NHL is the the massive organization that it is, and women's hockey has sort of struggled to be like a household sport for a while. Um, so I get the idea that there's going to be more men than women in the Hall of Fame. Like, I, obviously, that's just the way the math checks out. But, mm-hmm. to your point, like, Kim St. Pierre getting in, and, um, you know, like, th- there are uh, there are other options that would have made sense when we did our picks for who we thought should get into the Hall of Fame. I took Jennifer Botterill. It was very close for me to not take Kim St. Pierre, but I definitely think Kim St. Pierre should be in there, so I don't think it's a bad choice. But what I am saying is that uh, in terms of influence, just men's and women's international hockey, uh, both of the women I just mentioned have done more than almost all of the inductees. Like, Kevin Lowe picked the 2002 team? Sort of? Good for him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, do, like I don't really care 
who picked the fucking Olympic team because I could pick the fucking Olympic team. You know, that's not a huge thing to me. I, I It's just bizarre. Like, again, I agree with you. I'm just saying, like, it's... It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think this is the... Um, I think the classes just keep making less and less sense as the years go on to me. I don't really get it. it it's weird. Like, it's... Like I said, like, the consistency is the biggest thing for me. It's, you know, one year we're going to do this, next year we're going to do that, and... I, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't really put too much stock in the Hall of Fame anymore. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of those neat little. It's it's one of those like little trivia things that you know you, you kind of like to know who's in and who's not. Oh, he's a Hall of Famer. She's a Hall of Famer. But the way it's going, it's just it's it's going to be everybody. Well, uh, at yeah, this rate, it's, it's so. losing its it's losing its reputation, right? Because mm-hmm. like like I I excuse me if I'm wrong if he's in the Hall of Fame but as far as I know he's not really in there other than uh, his name is mentioned on a little plaque beside the Stanley Cup but I I genuinely think Phil Pritchard makes more fucking sense than some of these guys like I just don't understand how um, guys who have very comparable careers to other not very successful uh, you know executives and players, just keep getting in because like um i like i don't know about you i understand like stanley cups make the playoffs every year i don't really think of ken holland as uh, one of the greatest of all time considering his last like 10 15 years in detroit were kind of a disaster um you know short of winning a stanley cup like i don't i don't really see the case there and if we're going to put him in, I think we should put him in when he's done, like, you know, still trying to get shit done. Because, like, he arguably has actually never built a, a, a dynasty. Like, you can argue that that wasn't him in Detroit. So, you know, and the Oilers are still fucking awful as far as I'm concerned. He doesn't have anything to do with all the good players that are there. Short yeah, of, like, I, showing I'm, up to work every day and not accidentally trading Leon Dreisaitl like it's NHL 20 and you're just trying to fucking see what kind of trades are out there. Ken Holland is, is a weird one for me. Like, I I see the argument for, I see the argument against. Like, uh, the guy deserves little to no credit for those, you know, first two cups in Detroit 97 I mean, he didn't, he didn't fuck it up, right? Which would have been pretty sure. easy to fuck it up. But, um... But then he, he he goes out and builds one of the he went out and built one of the greatest teams of all time in that O two team, which was very different from those late night. Well, not very different, but different enough where you've got a certain number of what you would call Hall of Fame, ironically, players but, that he went out and got. But and... but even to that point, like okay, so you're talking about the O two Red Wings. So he goes out and picks up fucking Luke Robitaille and gets like Steve Duchesne to sign for fucking league minimum. But he did it in an era without a salary cap, which is not even right. not even my main argument. My main argument is that, of course, all these Hall of Famers are going to want to go to Detroit when you can still afford to pay them the salary they want or close to it. Depends if you ask Brennan Shanahan. But the fact that you're asking Luke... I think Luke Robitaille was a trade, so maybe that's a bad example. But you're asking... Uh, Brett Hall, I guess, was a signing, right? They signed Brett Hall? Brett so Hall, you're, yeah. you're asking Brett Hall... To come over and play with Steve Eiserman, Sergey Fedorov, Nick Lidstrom. Like, these guys were already here. And unless Holland went out and acquired everyone on that team, 
like in a non-salary cap era, I like I'm not saying he did a shitty job. Of course he did a great job. But it's a lot easier to lure these free agents into your team when you've got these fucking future Hall of Fame players. Like, you know, these guys would have gone to fucking Phoenix if Phoenix would have paid him and that's where everyone was, right? Like it, I don't think it had to do that it was Ken Holland and the Red Wings. It had to do with it was Sergey Fedorov and the Red Wings and Nick Lidstrom and fucking, you know, whoever the goalie was at the time. Well, that's a bad example, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, uh, I, I, again, I do think Ken Holland is among the better GMs in NHL history. I still think he actually is a decent executive now, but you take a look at that Red Wings team, and that's one of the biggest train wrecks in mo- in post-salary cap era. You know, like like the amount of dead anchor contracts they have there. Because if you want to compare it to San Jose, like they have Carlson and, and Burns and all these deals that look bad. But at least these were elite players that might still offer something that maybe will get back to some of what they used to be. Justin Abdelkader mm-hmm. was never even a fucking NHL player. He signed for a million more years for four million a year. Ken Holland did that. It's Ken Holland contract. Yeah. Like it's just I'm I'm just saying we put him in in 2020 when he's not done general managing and the back half of his career has been fairly ugly. So that that to me is a prime example of the old boys club cuz he wasn't even on my radar. And when I'm thinking of builders, he wouldn't have, like we could have done a top 10 list, he wouldn't have been anywhere near it. And again, I'm not saying he's a bad example, but the timing is so fucking bizarre considering he is currently the general manager of what is probably the most crucial era in the history of the Edmonton Oilers, and he's not particularly doing anything amazing yet. Yeah, I, I, I guess. Um, again, like I said, I'm, I'm very split on him. Like, to, to your point, like the Red Wings are not in great shape as it stands, but go out and ask any Red Wings fan. I like I think they take that well, away cut. Sure. They you know, they, they take those championships. For sure, and... but but most of the mess they're in is not a result of trying to win in two thousand nine, two thousand ten. It was trying to win in twenty twelve, twenty thirteen when they probably should have blown it up. You know, like as soon as Lidstrom left, we should have been like, Alright, let's like I'm sorry, get over it. We're trading Pavel Datsuk. We're trading like like Get just get over it, like you know what I mean. Sure. It's I don't know. Yeah, it's a um, it's just a weird candidate. Like it, again, like we talked about it last week. Like Victor Tikhonov's a guy. I forget who you who you thought as a builder. Francois Waller. Yeah, sure. That makes more sense to me. Like I just think Ken Holland. It's so bizarre because at the end of the day, like I if he were to retire tomorrow, I don't think of him as one of the greatest general managers in NHL history. Uh, so, I maybe at one time did, but the more I've thought about it, I just don't see it. We we talked a little bit here today about uh, the guys that got in. Anybody that you're surprised didn't get in? I know we talked huh. about who we thought should get in. Yeah, but... I mean, like I mentioned all these guys. I like I don't know what Alexander McGillney's got to fucking do to yeah. get in. Like I just don't I don't understand it. Like because I hear the argument. Like if you want to, you know, judge them. Like okay. You know, he's the first Russian to defect. Like, is that enough to get him in? Yeah, it actually should be. But even if you don't think it is, uh, he also had a Hall of Fame career in the NHL. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, is a guy that had his career end early, um, somewhat early because of injuries, and maybe he would have racked up numbers a little bit better to get him in. But, like, 
you know, we're talking about injury short and career, and, like, he had a similar career to Paul Correa. And Paul Correa's in the Hall of Fame. Paul Correa got in the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame years ago, and we're still waiting for Alexander McGillney. And to me, it's just a little bizarre when, uh, when we're honoring Russian guys that we don't think of him first. Not that they've been particularly uh, trigger happy to let in Russian guys either, but right. It's that's definitely like the number one guy where it, it is. To your, like you said it exactly. It's it's what more does he got to do? We did a fucking like, top ten points? last year, and he was the number one guy not in the Hall of Fame. I'm pretty sure back then. So, the fact that he's not in now, like, I shit you not, I would have put him in over all of the guys that got in. All of them. Every single one of them. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, that's the thing. It's not like we're talking about years where there's four guys that are on par or clearly better that, okay, yeah, I kind of get where, like, that's not the case. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Ginla aside, I would, I would... I'm right there with you. I yeah. put him ahead of everybody else. I am and... happy. I mean, not that he was never, not that he was never, like it's not like he wasn't going to get in. But I'm happy Aginla got in because Aginla's the type of guy you want to be the face of your uh, induction. And I think right. this year they have a very good face. Like he's just a universally liked guy. There's even Oilers fans that fucking love Jerome Aginla. Like he's just a. Uh, it's impossible not to like him. So I think he mm-hmm. is the perfect guy to be your lead face this year because I got to tell you, I don't really, I don't, I don't think I'll be checking out the Kevin Lowe wing next time I'm at the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> I like Doug Wilson. Like, I think Doug Wilson's a good, a cool guy by the looks of things. Seems like a cool guy. D- Doug Wilson was, uh, he was getting into like Kevin Lowe territory in the sense that like, is he going to be a builder? Is he going to be a sure. player? But he actually had the playing career with yeah. Kevin Lowe. Yeah, know, that's the funny thing. Like, like, I don't even know Kevin Lowe has the case to get in in either capacity. It's and it's it's just like to to say someone's not a Hall of Famer doesn't mean that you're un, like you're underestimating or undermining their uh, contributions to hockey necessarily. I'm not saying Kevin Lowe's contributed nothing. He was a huge part of those oil like a not a huge part. He was a big part of those Oilers teams that won the cups. He was a big part in making them a respectable playoff team in the 2000s. Uh, you know, he was a big part of the 2002 Olympic team. But do I think none of those things happen without Kevin Lowe? No. No. The, we right. still win gold in 2002. We still... Like, I was nine years old. I could have picked the fucking team. Are you kidding me? Like, you know, like, I just... But if we're, if we're putting him in as a player, I just... I, I don't see it. Like... At least Doug Wilson, like, correct me if I'm wrong, Doug Wilson won a Norris, right, as far as yep. I know. Kevin Lowe, did, did Kevin Lowe come close? Uh, I don't think so. He nominated a few times. I don't know what's his... Okay, yeah. It's Kevin Ho's highest... Back back in the day when all the defensemen in the league got 40 points. Like, yeah, that's great. Wow. All right, 60 points. Yeah. Uh, his highest finishing was fifth. He had yeah. four top ten appearances That's so fucking amazing like it, there's it's one of those arguments where like the guys playing in the same era as paul coffee and al or um um ray bork so it's like yeah, oh those yeah are, those it's, are it, it's the it's the dale howard check argument of those like, are I've two got... guys like it, it, i know it, it's zubov has the same argument he played in an era with leach and niedermeyer and pronger and stevens right. and the like he might not have been in the top five ten even defensemen 
in the league at the time. It doesn't mean he's not good. Like, like I, it's just to compare him against his peers. I'm not sure that there's a lot of weight there. Right. I don't know. Now, I, that's. I think to me that is one of the weirdest, if not the weirdest, Hall of Fame induction I've ever seen. Like that is just. Now, where do I you come down it. on the idea of like Kevin Lowe? And he's not a great argument, so you know, take this with a grain of salt. But the the Kevin Lowe defensive defenseman, mm-hmm. you know, we're gonna recognize the guy. He didn't put up a ton of points, but that wasn't his job. Like, does is there like a spot for honoring guys that did something unique in the in the game? Yeah. Or not, not not even necessarily unique, but a specific role. Oh, for sure. It's just yeah. I, I mean, I've made my point about Kevin Lowe, but I but I agree what you say like i i do think that there is like i'm not super even against carbono uh being in like i think there's a lot to be said about defensive forwards uh prior to like 2009 i think that that was a a necessary quality and it was not an easy position to play um just because things were sort of dirty out there and if you could do uh the the job of just you know being a complete unstoppable shutdown centerman uh in an era where you know you didn't have to be dirty to do it i think there's a lot to be said for that and so that's why like i think defensive forwards like carbono like yeri Lettinen, um you know like i think there is a spot to recognize things like that in the hall of fame i do agree with that i mean like it, it even goes back to your point about putting francois Lair in there I don't know this for sure. I can't imagine that there's a career goalie coach in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Don't see why there would be. So, so. Um, you know what I mean? Like, putting a guy like him in, uh, perhaps in a few years, like a Mitch Korn getting in. Like, I understand that. I think that there's a lot to be said for that. Like, like, and, and even going to back to what I mentioned earlier, like, Phil Pritchard is a guy that probably should be in there. Um, because, like it or not, he's, like, kind of the face of the Stanley Cup final. So, uh, you know, like, I think that there's weight to put him in, and, um, yeah, it's just, I, I do agree with you, though. Why do I get, like, do you I, think I, I don't that, mean... Sorry, you didn't say that you think that way, but... Yeah, I, I don't mean to sound morbid, but why does Phil Pritchard just scream the guy that the NHL is going to induct, like, when it's too late, so to speak? <laughs> like. Yeah. Well, I don't know why he just screams. I mean, I'll I'll say it this way: uh, I'm not like taking full credit for it, but I've never heard anyone mention him as a potential Hall of Fame candidate. And I've long yeah. thought that. I mean, the guy's like, how long has he held on to the cup for? Like 35 years or some shit. Like he's been it's the guy been, since like the yeah. early 90s minimum. So, um, yeah. I think that yeah, like I think that's cool as fuck, man. I think he is in a way like a. a very background face of hockey. Like, I still think um, there are guys that maybe should get in. It's just, you're like, you're right. Like, he's going to get in when it's too late. It's just, it's one of those things, like, if they're if they're going to induct everybody, like, if you're going to induct six guys, what's a seventh guy? Like, and just put them in. Like, I don't, I don't know. The, the selection committee, it just makes no sense to me. I don't, I don't really know what goes through their heads sometimes. Do you think we can get a a backup goaltender wing at the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame? Is that a a specific role that might uh, warrant? Uh, no, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, like uh, I mean, isn't Grant <laughs> isn't Grant Fear already in the Hall of Fame? Uh, I think so. <laughs> Rightly or wrongly, I think he is. Um, speaking of Edmonton, uh, the city of Edmonton has been chosen uh, as one of the two NHL hub cities. Uh, Toronto, Ontario, being the other one. Um, did you have two Canadian markets in your 
NHL return to play bingo. I mean, you and you and I talked about it last week. Like logistically, it makes perfect sense, but it's (laughs) we talked. We didn't really believe what we. Yeah, it's like I never really thought. I like, and the funny thing is, if you would have asked me to bet who the Canadian city, like I would have guaranteed you Vancouver. So like, clear, Mm -hmm. like I don't know. It's we've talked about it every week. Like it was just such a touch and go thing that. You know what I mean? Like, we never... There was never going to be a way to predict it. Because every week, like... You know, Pittsburgh looked great. And then they had ma- a massive outbreak. And they're like, well, we can't do that. And Vegas had all these issues come up last minute. And they were, like, the guarantee. And it's like, well, we can't do that. And it's just like these two cities are the safest option right now. Because none of the American markets uh, make a lot of sense right now. So they kind of had to do Canada. And then Vancouver got eliminated. Like, I was starting to wonder if we were going to get to the point where we weren't, weren't going to have two cities as options. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they, it's good they announced it now, so maybe these cities can put some protocols in place to help, you know, get the slow, slow the spread yeah. down and get everything nice and all, and all set up. Because, um, yeah, I was not super optimistic there toward uh, the last week or so. It just, every every city just seemed to have a new problem and... Texas numbers shot up like it just looked like it was going to be a disaster yeah and, and you know what at the end of the day I, I think you and I are well documented in, in our stance on what should happen it's not going to happen like you and I are not going to get our way so well, um, <laughs> at, at, well, well. without without some sort of catastrophe of course yeah. uh, but I, I think beyond that this is this is the right call like I don't know if it's Toronto per se, but if Vancouver was out, like if you know if, if they dropped out of the running, um, I think they got it right with these two cities. Like, there's there's so many you know unknowns. As soon as you put one one city in America and one city in Canada, now you've got mm-hmm. this border that you have to cross yeah. in the middle of your like playoffs. Well, and and, and right? that's the problem is just because things can spiral out of control so quick, and they clearly are in the states right now. Like at the second wave looks like it's going to be fucking worse than the first possibly so um yeah the first wave has to go away for there to be well, a second wave yeah exactly a wave 1b we'll call it <laughs> and uh like you know what i mean like it's just like if you're if you're telling me that okay like yeah no we'll do two hub cities one in canada one in america they'll be fine to cross the borders in two months it's like do you know that like is the the yeah. vaccines ready to distribute because i haven't heard anything about that so it just it yeah it, it honestly it was something I had never considered till we mentioned it last week but it it makes a lot of sense to have the players uh, in one country and it certainly makes sense to have them in one country that uh, is doing better than the other country that was an option so yeah no for sure um, also going along with this um, it sounds as though Edmonton will be the city of champions once again, at least in the sense that uh, the Stanley Cup <laughs> final will be hosted there. Um, I won't speak oh, I on thought, who's I raising thought maybe you were, cup. I thought that was your segue into the draft lottery. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they got to magically trade for Taylor Hall somehow before they lose to the Blackhawks. Right. Um, yeah, you know what? Um, this, is a, this is a rare... Uh, situation that I can speak to because um, of the 31 NHL rinks, I've not been to like 27 of them, but I have been to these two rinks, and I will say 
uh, vastly better facilities in Edmonton. Like, holy shit. Like, the Air Canada Centre is good, but... Um, right. Yeah, I know. It's it's a brand new rink at Edmonton. It was state-of-the-art. Uh, you can honestly argue that it's the nicest rink in the NHL currently, so um, I I don't blame them at all. I think that it's, prob- I, it's the fucking better choice for sure. Um, I also think that I'm a little more optimistic about Edmonton being in a good spot in terms of COVID in a few months. Yes. yes, yes. I also think Edmonton has the facilities uh, outside the rink that Toronto does, and I think that they're roughly in the same amount of range. So sure. uh, people do underestimate downtown Edmonton. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it is mu- it is a much bigger shithole, but for what we're talking about for these purposes, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Like, you have golf courses downtown. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion about how, um, you know, the players are going to be able to do certain activities outside of the bubble just to try to keep them loose, which I, 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 I on paper, I disagree with, but it's, it is unfair to just tell these guys they have to fucking play hockey and go to the, in their hotel room and just sit there till the next time they play hockey. Like that's just, mm-hmm. that's just not fair. I don't think so. Um, Edmonton has city courses like several minutes away from the rink. Whereas Toronto, uh, don't know if you've ever been to Toronto, not a lot of golf courses, downtown Toronto. So I think Edmonton, I, I just do have a zoo though. Yeah. I, Let's all go to the zoo. Yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll be very disturbed to find out that fucking, uh, <laughs> Seth Jones and the Columbus Blue Jackets have been going to the fucking zoo. Well, actually maybe not. I don't know. Maybe they'll get tired and they'll lose to the Leafs. Here's Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin visiting the penguin exhibit at the Toronto Zoo. Yeah. You can hardly yeah. tell their legs uh, apart from the trunk in the, in the lion's den. Ooh, there, there it is. Yeah. The elephant trunk. That's a bad, it was kind um, of a badly uh, worded joke. Well, it's okay. Uh, going along with the Hub City announcements, Bob McKenzie uh, reporting that uh, while nothing's been finalized, there's been some progress made on the CBA extension, which is obviously uh, very integral to this whole thing taking off. Yeah, big escrow. Um, and it sounds like November 1st is going to be our new free agent frenzy. So mm-hmm. while we didn't get to enjoy it uh, this past Canada Day, uh, you can kick up on your porch and listen to all the signings in November mm-hmm. with a with a beer yeah mm, no um, yeah I'll, I'll make sure to get my TV on the back deck for that one for sure Fucking I was laughing snowing. real good the other day I was that James Duffy tweet on Canada Day so what do you people do on Canada Day <laughs> yeah I guess you've never really had the day off have you uh yeah not not since he's had a family I would imagine no I I, right? I I bet you know what I bet a lot of those guys were actually pretty happy to uh, to have the day with their family because um, it's not like Canada Day it's not like it's Christmas or anything but it is obviously a day that uh, especially people around the sport of hockey do celebrate so it was probably a pretty cool day for them I would imagine well uh, J- July 1st 2018 is probably more special to me than like the day i met my girlfriend so like, I, I don't know she doesn't listen to this um, i don't think so i think you're I in the clear so. there so i, I think i don't okay. know that for sure but i just can't imagine she does um i feel like she would tune in for like the first five minutes hear the banter then fuck off and you know yeah that'd be about that'd be about her contribution yeah but, i did like the joke uh down goes brown made the other day about how uh uh, the concern with Alexi Lafreniere, if he ends up going to the Islanders, would be that they should probably check his bed sheets before they draft him, mm. um, because you never really know how that might work out. That's a nice. Got, 
John Tavares. So Montreal PJs, eh? Yeah. Yeah, but but the problem with that would is it would also require the Montreal Canadiens landing a free agent. Let's just roast all thirty-one teams right now. Let's just go through it. And wow. uh, next up, the Minnesota Wild. Ooh boy, uh, fuck them. <laughs> um, speaking speaking of the Minnesota Wild, uh, a couple player-specific points to uh, Bob McKenzie's slew of tweets yesterday. Sure. One of which is that uh, the recently signed players, such as Kaprizov in Minnesota, Sorokin on the Islanders. Um, will not be eligible for the return to play. There's a bit of controversy involved here. You'll remember back to like when Kale McCarr joined the Avalanche. Um, these players all kind of fall into the same yeah. realm. Um, there's the defenseman that the Leafs signed who, you know, any other year he would not be allowed to return, so it's no different. But these these Russian guys that are, are technically prospects of their respective teams... Uh, they will not be allowed back in. I thought that was an interesting decision. One of those one of those things that you'd almost rather not make a decision on until you find out like if everybody's going to be coming back. Because uh, as Frank Cervelli pointed out, uh, part of the new CBA agreement is going to be that any player can choose to opt out of the return to play. So you know what I mean. Like if if half of the Minnesota Wild are just like, yeah, we're going to stay home. Well, they could use Kaprizov, and, you know, it's not that you want to play favorites for anybody, but you have to actually have teams to put on the ice if this is your plan. So it seems weird that they would exclude uh, a group of players that, under normal circumstances, would be eligible anyway. I, I, I didn't see the logic there. No, I don't agree at all. Uh, the, the problem... Uh, sorry, I don't agree with the decision. I agree with you. I, I don't... Um, <laughs> Like, my issue at first, because I had to actually... I had to look it up just to double-check it now. I know I looked it up before. Um, was I had a recollection that Makar had signed long before the playoffs, and that's not the case. He signed on April 14th, uh, which I think was during the playoffs, because uh, it usually starts before then. So, my initial thought was that if... Uh, if, you know what I mean, he had signed in the regular season... Uh, versus these guys having signed in the playoffs. But none of these guys signed during the playoffs because even if they were to sign during the return to play, we've all seemed to decide that this isn't the playoffs as far as the NHL is concerned. So mm-hmm. even then, even if you signed a guy during this opening play-in round, they've seemed to have decided that it is not the playoffs. So right. even by that logic, it doesn't make any sense. The only thing I can think of is because they are foreign free agents, sort of, would be from a safety concern. But you're already allowing all your European players to come back, so how are they any different? Like, just because they haven't played a game yet, it's the same as as adding an AHL player to your NHL roster who just happens to be from Slovenia just because you fucking need the guy because you need to have a 28-man roster because you're not going to be able to call guys up during the playoffs or whatever, or whatever we're calling it. So, yeah. there is genuinely, like, no logic to the decision. Um, all it really seems to be, to me, uh, is a situation where the NHL likes the format they came up with, and they don't want any additional players coming in and fucking up uh, the idea of some of the teams that they want to win to win. Uh, because mm-hmm. Romanov on the uh, Canadiens' defense... Don't know if anyone out there knows about Alexander Romanov. Uh, uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> easily top three defenseman for Montreal. Maybe better at this point. 
to get him in against Pittsburgh, um, a, a team that presumably actually might not even be healthy yet, that might fuck up Pittsburgh's chances. And mm. getting Kaprizov in, like the the Wild were chugging along toward the break there. If they come back with that offensive power, plus they have a player who, again, might be one of their best forwards all of a sudden, uh, that's, you know, we don't want that either. Like, it's just, I don't know. I don't really get the logic. Well, so, it doesn't and make any and sense Sorokin with the Islanders, like, that that's a position yeah. where if you got, like, if you got a, a couple guys go down with injuries because yeah. no one really knows how these guys' bodies are going to adjust team to this. A that literally uh, is praying to God that they have a hot goaltender in the playoffs, one more option in net doesn't hurt because yeah. the, they, they're a terrible team. So, uh, fuck, I'm just laying into the Islanders tonight. <laughs> And rightfully so. Holy fuck. Yeah, well, it is It is July. It is the annual month of uh, Islander mourning. Yeah. yeah. The Islanders are, are used to people lying in their sadness. Or pajamas. Hmm. I couldn't make that one work. I'm going to tweet that picture of Schmidt. Ah, uh, uh, oh, yes. Uh, hall, uh, sulking in his uh, apartment in an Islanders jersey drinking a beer. <laughs> Every time something bad happens to the Islanders, I just tweet that out. Like it's because <laughs> it's just perfect. It's a great fucking photo. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think that kind of wraps up the return to play stuff. Uh, I didn't see anything else that was clear cut. This is going to happen. Yeah. So you're, a lot of you're this our is news guy this week, buddy. I got. I don't really have much uh, on that front because I uh, I actually didn't know about a few of those things you just told me, but. Yeah, I should probably we should probably just should have had like Bob McKenzie come on and explain everything, and we could have take the yeah. week off or something. I'm sure yeah. he'd be easy to get a hold of even during the hockey season, let alone right now when he's hammered off mm-hmm. his ass at his cabin. I don't know. Oh, is is the margarita machine working right now? I don't. I don't know. Bobby Margarita is uh, is out at the out at the lake right now. Oh, according okay. to Instagram, oh, good for him. He does. Uh, him. He has been dabbling in the wine a little bit more recently. I think. Ooh, but. I see. Okay, so um, uh, a couple couple topics into the podcast, a couple more to go, but before we get to them, uh, we're gonna do a uh, another quiz. Um, this uh, this is a, like you kind of mentioned. This is a week where there's not really a ton happening. You were on vacation. I sat in the sun yesterday, and I'm sunburnt and dehydrated. So. Um, we're uh, we're gonna play a little little game, fill some time. Uh, this is the one I, I gave you uh, last week, the uh, the 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 Carey Price tag game. Oh, um, or the Carey oh, Price the, tag yes, game. Oh, yes, no, I get I it. The Carey Price I, tag game. Wherever I put my emphasis, the, the Carey Price tag. Game. Oh, you're doing great. Yeah. Um, so just like last week, I'm gonna give you a few trivia questions. Uh, the more answers you get right, the more you get to spend on categories uh, that you can uh, use to help you figure out a mystery player um, based on their uh, information from Hockey Reference. Okay. Um, so before we start, uh, I'm going to have you pick a player. It's either going to be player A, B, or C. Um, let's go player... player. What did I do last week? C? You went C. Let's go player C. Worked out good for me last week. Player C. Okay. Um, so, your first trivia question. I, I'm, I'm giving you a few less questions uh, this week, but there's more possible answers. So you can 
you can accumulate yeah, your like points and, and, and we'll see what happens. I think last week you got what? You got one, two, I like three, knowing four. strictly one fact. If I gotta like compound multiple facts in a question, it's mm-hmm. it's always messy. Okay. Well you got four last week, so hopefully you can at least duplicate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna so start cool. you off real easy with question one. Uh, in the spirit of the Canadian holiday that we just uh, uh, surpassed, uh, this player was born on Canada Day and amassed two Rocket Richard trophies in his career with over 600 goals. Born on Canada? How the fuck would I know when any of these people were born? Two two Rocket Richards and 600 goals. Hmm. What the fuck? How the fuck would I know that? I should say this uh, this Canadian. Oh, Canada okay. Day. I was going to say. Yeah. I don't know, fucking Yager. Like, how the fuck would I know? Um, born on Canada Day. 600 goals, two Rocket Richards. This can't be Andrew Chuck. No way he had two fucking Rocket Richards. Um, two. I'm going to go Marcel Dion. Uh, uh, th- that is incorrect. Okay. Uh, the Rocket Richard trophy was not uh, brought around until well, 1998. So yeah, true. Uh, we were looking for Jerome Ginla. No, yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, not including the current seven. What other Canadian cities have been home to NHL teams? Oh, okay. Not including the current seven. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking. Are we talking pre-NHL, NHL like the fucking uh, uh, 1800s under the, or? Un- under the NHL name, which began in 1917. Hmm. How many teams are there? Uh, two more cities that we're looking for. Okay. Uh, Quebec City. That's correct. I feel like someone else got their team ripped away from them. It's got to be pretty obvious, and I'm just missing it. But I'm going to guess that they were technically... Yeah, it's pretty hot in here right now. I can't fucking think. Uh, oh, it's been pretty hot all day. I'll, I'll tell you that. I can't think, fucking think straight right now. I'm going to go... I'm fuck. It's between three cities, but... I'm going to guess uh, they were still around, and, and I'm just going to pick uh, uh, Victoria. Victoria. Oh, that's a good guess. Uh, we were looking for Hamilton. It was Hamilton, Kenora, or Victoria. I just couldn't figure out which. Yeah. Yeah. The Hamilton Tigers. Okay. Um, okay, so, uh, going off that spirit, um, Montreal, as we know, currently a, uh, a home to one of those NHL teams. Mm. Uh, how many NHL teams have called Montreal home Ooh. in the NHL? Do I have to name them? You don't have to, you don't, you don't have to name them. Just give me a number. Well, it would help to name them, I guess, but the, it, you, got, it might. you got the Canadians, you got the Monarchs, uh, or whatever, something like that. NHL era. I'm going to go three. That's correct. Hmm. The Canadians, the Maroons. Maroons, that's what I was thinking. And the Wanderers. Yes, yes. Had I not Last, read Down Goes Brown's book, I would would have forgot about that. But Lasting all of six games in the NHL before their <laughs> arena burnt down. So, oh, what there a you disaster. Go. So you, you've got two right. And this is going to be your final question, but there are ten options, Good. so you can bank you can bank some points That's here. Gravy, how many points do I have? Two. You have two. All right. There's a possible twelve, and that's the maximum categories. Okay. So, 
with the recent induction of, uh, or I should say announcement of the new inductees for the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. uh, we want to know how many players have had the waiting period waived to get into the Hall of Fame. Holy shit, there's ten? Yeah. So I'll give you ten wow. guesses. I don't want I don't want you to sit here and rhyme off thirty guys. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, well, I'm gonna assume Wayne Gretzky was one of them. Uh, that that is correct. I'm gonna. He was the last. I'm. Oh, oh no. <laughs> there, there goes my next guess. Um. Hmm. Okay. There's got to be some tragedies mixed in there. I'm sure. So. Uh, uh, they're all players. Uh, they are all players. Uh, King Clancy. King Clancy. Uh, that is incorrect. Like I said, it's hot in here, so I might even guess guys that weren't even players or, or coaches or something. But, um, hmm, Bill Masterton. Uh, that is incorrect. Okay, I'm gonna get like one of these. I feel like they're all like 180 years old. When when was the Hall of Fame uh, established? Like 1942. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I don't have that number, but I can tell you that the earliest guy on here was 1947. Okay, yeah, I just want don't want to make sure I'm guessing fucking New Zealand and shit like that. Right. Um, Bud S- Guy. Yeah, Skip McClanahan. Sid Abel. That's a really good guess, but it is incorrect. Okay. Yeah, I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing old guys here, James. Uh, how about Rocket Richard? Well, that is correct. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm starting to figure out maybe these guys are all good. Um, because I've only gotten two, and they were good players. So, got five guesses left. Not that I guessed anyone terrible or anything, but how about Phil Esposito. Uh, that is incorrect. That's nah, bullshit. They should have just put him in. Bobby Orr. That's correct. Okay, yeah, these guys are all pretty good then. <laughs> you have three guesses remaining. Uh, uh, I feel like there's a goalie in there, but I'm blanking who that might be. Hmm. You're lucky I have the tab closed because I had the history of the Hall of Fame up there. Uh, mm. Now I'm now I'm just going off my fucking my old noggin. How about um? Just because I feel like there's got to be a fucking tragedy mixed in there somewhere. Is is Bill Barilko in the Hall of Fame? I don't know if he is, but he's, he's not, not one of list. our players that we're looking for. Okay. Two guesses remaining. Okay. 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 You know what? It, it was one of my first instincts, and I don't know why I feel like he was still playing while he was in the Hall of Fame. And I guess conceivably he could have been inducted before Gretzky was inducted. So I am just going to guess Super, uh, Super Mario Lemieux. That is correct. Okay. I have one more. One more guess. One more guess. Let's go with a let's go with a Montreal Canadian maybe. How about uh How about um mm-hmm. No, you know what? Uh how about Gordy Howe? Gordy Howe is correct. Okay. Cool. So you went 5 for 10. That's not bad. That's pretty good. Uh in order uh 1947 did Clapper Oh my god, I was going to guess him, but I thought it was... I was going to guess him as a joke, but fuck off. Uh, 1961, you got Maurice Rocket Richard. Uh, 1966, uh, the head of the NHLPA, Ted Lindsay. Mm. Uh, 1969, Red Kelly. 
1971 Wait, Terry Sawchuck. Yeah, Red Red Kelly. I thought Red Kelly just got inducted. What am I thinking of? They uh, retired his number? Is that what I'm thinking? They retired of? his number. Son yeah. of a bitch. That was like my first thought. Anyway. Uh, 1971 Terry Sawchuk, 1972 Jean Beliveau. Oh my god, I almost guessed all these guys. I blew too and many guesses. And you got Howe, Orr, Lemieux, and Gretzky. I blew too many guesses on nonsense. I thought about almost all those guys. Remember when I said I was thinking of a goalie who was going to guess Sawchuk? I was thinking of a Canadian who was going to guess Beliveau. Hmm. Well, there you go. I thought of Red Kelly for uh, the reason I almost said Dit Clapper as a joke. So the good news is, is you got five there, okay. and you already had two correct, so you get seven... Uh, seven points to spend okay. on uh, the following categories. Uh, position, handedness, last or current team, country, team that drafted, draft position, draft year, Stanley Cup rings, games played, season high points or wins, most frequently worn jersey number, and any awards. And you can spend multiple points on the awards to try to figure out if this person has won more than a one award. Okay. And if I remember correctly, there's no real rhyme or reason to how you chose these players other than they all, like, legitimately played in the league for more than 30 games kind of thing. Completely random, for sure. Okay. Uh, well, let's start with um, a team that drafted them. Okay. Team that drafted is the Montreal Canadiens. Mm, nice. It's Louis LeBlanc. I know it is. Of the Louis LeBlanc era. Um, the next thing I'm going to guess for is draft position. Ask for Draft us. position is 26th. Okay. I'm going to ask for draft year. Draft year is 1983. Um, let's go with position. Position. This is uh, primary position as listed by Hockey Reference. So when you tell me that they played uh, the opposite wing, don't yell at me, yeah. but uh, he's listed as a right wing. I do not have a lot of um, knowledge of uh, lines in the 80s, for sure, so mm. you are fairly safe. You have three, three clues left. I don't know that Stanley Cup rings is going to make a difference quite yet. So I'm going to leave that. I think... I think pretty much everything to the right of the draft positions, so like games played, season high points, jersey number awards, I don't think any of that's going to help me yet. So knowing that it's a right wing draft position, I would like to know their last uh, or current team, but I don't anticipate <laughs> that they're still in the league. Although the guy I'm guessing did play, oh yeah, I think I know who it is. <laughs> San Jose Sharks was the last team. This oh, guy God. If it's the guy I think it is, I remember looking this up recently and just being like, I don't fucking remember him playing in San Jose, especially under the circumstances that it happened. Um, let's go with uh, country. Country would be Canada. No surprise there. Yeah. Stanley Cup rings. If it's who I think it is, I know... I don't know the number, but I know that there would be Stanley Cup rings. This is your final clue, by the yeah. way. Yeah. See, handedness would confirm that at least my guess does apply with all these options. Hmm. But the possibility that it's someone that I that it's not the guy I'm thinking of, a different clue might help. Okay. Yeah. I see Most the logic. Frequently worn jersey number. Yeah, like the guy I'm thinking of again, like 
I don't necessarily know if he wore the same number everywhere he was. You know what? Let's go uh, career games played. Career games played. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be 1,215. I would like to solve the puzzle. Okay. Are we talking about Claude Lemieux? We're talking about Claude Lemieux. <laughs> Look at that. You are two for two, my guy. Yeah, I looked it up the other day, forgot he came back. Like, he retired in, like, 2001, but in, like, 2009, he's like, you know what, I could still fucking play. And just, like, played, like, 20 games with the Sharks. It's the fucking weirdest thing that's ever happened. Yeah, definitely, like, I remember the comeback tour, but I was I thought it was one of those, like, Steve Thomas things yeah. where it's like, oh, that's nice, he's on a, a, a camp. Exactly. But... He got in, apparently. Everyone's like, oh, so. fucking Claude Lemieux, like, he wasn't even a good player when he retired. And then San Jose's like, you know what? We could use his moxie. <laughs> Alright. I like the cut of his jib. Exactly, yeah. yeah. A lot of people would love to cut his jib, that's for sure. Okay, well, congratulations, man. Thank you. you. Uh, two for two. And Thank you very much. I'm either going to have to find uh, more difficult players from the 1940s, or uh, give you less trivia options to... Uh, go- build up all these points um, i don't know i yeah i i would say i'd say we'll do one more and see how i do there because i do think under normal circumstances it's probably a challenging game but yeah you might you may need to pick i don't know there's just there's no way for you to have known that i would have got this last one like cujo yeah. was one thing there's no way for Cujo's... you to have known that i would have any fucking knowledge of claude lemieux playing for the fucking san jose sharks yeah and that's, and that is kind honestly of didn't wasn't sure if he was a Canadian's draft pick necessarily either. So, okay, that's fair, I guess. Yeah, yeah I, I don't really remember his Habs days per se, but um, okay. So a couple, uh, one, one more big thing to get to, and then we have an underrated, overrated favorite, least favorite. Um, the NHL draft lottery happened. Yeah, and I, I, I love this because we both forgot about it when we were just texting to trying to come up with what we wanted to talk about. Oh yeah, it took us like five hours. Like we we're just like, there's something glaring missing this week, and then it was like, oh yeah, the literal big thing that happened. So, um, yeah, the NHL did a thing where uh, they made it possible for uh, a team that we don't know about to win the draft lottery, and then that thing happened, and we still don't know. Who was picking first? Yeah, I know you didn't watch it. I will clarify that I didn't watch it either. But um, yeah, pretty wild. Of of the seven teams not in the playoffs, uh, the Buffalo Sabers are going to pick eighth. The Devils will pick seventh. The Ducks will pick sixth. The Ottawa Senators pick fifth and third, thanks to the San Jose Sharks pick. The Red Wings uh, fall all the way to fourth. The Los Angeles Kings at second, and one of the play-in losers will have Alexis Lafreniere locked up yeah. in in the December draft, or whenever they're having the, the draft, I guess. Yep. What, what, what was the big takeaway for you? Like, what, what was the most surprising thing? Was it the placeholder team, or was it, like, the Red Wings falling, or was it the Sens getting... You know, third and... Like, what, what to you was the, the big well, story here? I think the big thing for me is just, like, the worst-case scenario that we all thought might happen, happened. Like, that's just kind of the, the most NHL way about it, is just the idea that everyone was like, oh, can you imagine the idea of the draft lottery happening, the first overall pick goes, and we have no idea who the first overall pick is? And we're like, yeah, I mean, like, the odds are actually pretty good that that's going to happen, but it's, like, it won't actually happen, right? And then it happened. So the fact that it actually happened that way, I think, is kind of shocking. I mean, like, at the end of the day, this is still pretty much the system that we currently use for the draft lottery. 
So there isn't a lot of difference there. I mean, conceivably, a, a you know the tenth place team would have won the pick anyway because it's it's uh, wouldn't be nearly the first time where uh, a team that was close to the playoffs ended up getting the first overall pick. It's happened tons of times in the last few years. I think it's just it's it is like we I don't know if we actually talked about it. It's just it was always bizarre that they insisted to do the draft lottery now and not closer to the actual draft. Uh, or after the play-in round, so that way we knew who was getting the pick. Um, you know, this was strictly a decision, I think, where the NHL got strong-armed by a lot of their uh, networks and, and TV partners and things like that, because um, short of marketing and things like that, I don't really see the benefit of doing it this way from a fan standpoint. I don't think any hardcore fan thinks this is cool. Like, this is... It's just the stupidest thing where I just have to fucking watch another dumbass uh, thing where it's just going to be a bunch of uh, executives sitting there on Zoom wondering who gets first overall pick. Like, it's just stupid. Like, I, I don't I don't really like it, but it isn't any different from our current system in a way. So I guess I'm not really upset that it actually happened because it, it was, you know, always a possibility. Um I have slowly, slowly, and I wouldn't say I actually feel this way yet, but slowly started to open my eyes a little bit more with the the draft lottery is rigged crew, and I don't think that that's necessarily true yet, but depending on which fucking team this ends up to be, uh, I don't know. Like it's gonna look it's gonna look pretty bad if it's if it's some of these teams, and and that's the problem, right? Is like I would have natu- I would have rather just know at once, but if like like if it's the Oilers or the Blackhawks it just that just seems so perfect for the NHL you know like it it's it's just one of those things depending who it is this could be a massive this could start a massive line of chaos right and that's the part that sort of makes me nervous about it but yeah um it'll be interesting like i, I think like uh, first off I'll, I'll get this out of the way and i'll say that the the only thing i think that they they got wrong was that they did this before we played the play-in round. Like, if they would have just done all this, like, on one night and got it out of the way, like, that would have been that would have been pretty perfect. Because then you kind of lose that exactly what you're alluding to, this idea that, oh, you know, the Blackhawks lost in the first round, here you go, here's Alexis Lafreniere, you're back in the, back in the swing of things. Um, but I liked everything else about it. Like, I... I love the chaos. Like, I think it's absolutely hilarious um, that yeah, I mean, we like, sorry, still don't know. Just to add to your point, like, I, I like, I don't really care who gets the pick. Like, I, you know, I should, like, honestly, even as a Leaf fan, I, I really don't care if the Habs get it. I think that'd be great to see a kid like Lafreniere um, go to Montreal, and honest to God, hopefully he succeeds in Montreal, because that would be a, a, just a disaster if he uh, doesn't succeed there. But... I don't know. Can, do you think they can move him to center? Uh, teach him how to play center, maybe? They're going to try. Yeah. You know they're going to try. As, as as God is Mark Bergevin's witness, uh, he will try to make him a center. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I thought the whole thing was, like, I'm seeing a lot of people like are freaking out that this happened, and I don't really get it. Like this, like you said, like this is always the same odds every year. Yeah. It's just that placeholder team was grouped into one big you know collection of of odds whereas normally we would just know the other eight teams and it wouldn't be a big deal but um 
Yeah, so, you know, it, it'll be interesting. Uh, I, I think there's a real opportunity, not that the NHL will take it, but I think that there's a real opportunity here for them to make something close to must-see TV. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if they're just going to come out and Bill Daly's going to flip a sign over, then, you know, count me out. Like, you've wasted a golden opportunity because you could you could have a lot of fun with this. Like, they yeah. could make it into something that is actually worth looking into and, and checking out. And I I don't really have any original ideas that I think would be cool, but, like, even the whole, you know, put eight balls in there with the logos and you can watch it on live TV how it, how it shakes down and instead of this weird number system that they have yeah, now. Yeah, so with... I, I heard someone mention that, though. But, like, that's not the way... It, it, it can't possibly work that way. Like, the, the pick is predetermined. Like, it's it's determined which play-in series this falls to. It's just a matter of who loses that play-in series, and then we'll find out. Right? Like, we just don't know which play-in series it is. But, like, it's already determined that it's, like, the pick is going to be either Columbus or Toronto. We just have to see who loses. Or it's going to be, you know, Minnesota or whoever the fuck they're playing. Like, you know what I mean? As far as I know, that's the situation, because if they're planning to just pick this after the fact, then you can't tell me that the draft lottery isn't rigged, because it fucking 100% is then. Because, hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like, 100%. Your idea yeah, makes sense, I, though. The ping ball, the ping right. pong balls, yeah, I would like to see it that way, but I don't I don't see how that's, a, that's an option, because when the draft lottery was explained to me, it was explained that... We're drawing from Series A. We're drawing Series B, Series C, Series D. And so they pick a series, but we don't know what series this falls under. So on, on the NHL website, it says um, uh, the placeholder team will be one of the eight that are eliminated from the Stanley Cup qualifiers and will be determined by a second drawing to be held before the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Each of the eliminated teams will have a 12.5% chance of winning the number one pick. Which to me reads as okay. those eight teams are gonna all have equal odds. So yeah, I mean, I'll have one... to see if I can find the initial tweet because there's n- sure, there's no sure. way that that was what it was initially. Um, I doubt. I, you're probably right. I, like, that's, they've changed that's this so many times cool now. That they changed it after they announced it or something. But I mean, that's that's just a f- now now I think it's fucking wicked stupid. Like I just I don't get how that could even be a thing. But. Um, because you, like you can't honestly tell me that it's it's not more convenient for the NHL to just see who loses these series and then make their decision on on how they're going to draw it out. You know what I mean? Like like the, like what's going to be the easiest way where they can fucking force a team that they want to get the pick to do it? Like if they can just make shit up as they go along, just fucking say it already that they're giving it to Pittsburgh or whatever. I think like I I, I do agree. I just think that the only problem with that way of doing it where one of the teams or one of the series I should say is is that's you know series E is I think you'd have to announce that ahead of time because the last thing you want is the NHL to just turn around and go oh yes yeah. Chicago was team E and you can't prove otherwise. No you're right, right. So, uh, and, and again this is where it comes back to me talking about uh, having been drunk uh, on Lake of the Woods for four days is I, I, <laughs> I didn't know that that's how it didn't go down like i i literally thought the announcement like i thought everyone listening to this and you included uh were told on friday night that it's series e or whatever i didn't realize they hadn't even specified so yeah clearly they have not decided uh who they're going to give it to because they're going to give it to whoever they want to give it to i definitely don't agree with that but it, it will go to one of pittsburgh montreal carolina new york new york florida 
Toronto, Columbus, Edmonton, Chicago, Nashville, Arizona, Vancouver, Minnesota, Calgary, or Winnipeg. Is there somebody in there? I know you mentioned the Habs. Is there anybody in there that you'd like to see it go to? Uh, Minnesota, 100%, I think. Um, I mean, they've just they've been around for 20 years. They've had good teams. They've never had a superstar. The closest thing they've had... Uh, uh, closest things they've had were Marion Gabrick and, and Brent Burns, and I don't think I would classify either of them as a superstar, at least not Brent Burns while he was with Minnesota. Um, you know, both, both, they were pretty much, you know, forced to move on from and, um, it's just like, it's crazy, man. When you think about this team that's been good for all these years, their identity has been their depth. And at some point, like they need to have, they need to be able to sell jerseys. Like it's one thing to go and buy a Parise jersey and shit like that. But like, he was never like a, a superstar player. Even before he signed there, he was never a fucking superstar. Same with Suter. They've had good goalies. They've never had a superstar goalie. They've never had anyone where it's just like, uh, you know, fucking Alexis Lafreniere? Yeah, he plays for the Minnesota Wild. Like, they've never had that guy where it's just like they're part of the conversation of the NHL because they have this star player. You know, the Oilers, that's why we think of the Oilers as a premier franchise of the NHL in a way is because they've had Wayne Gretzky, fucking Connor McDavid, uh, Mark Messier. Like, they've had all these guys over the years. Same with Pittsburgh. They've had tons of these guys over the years. The Wild have never had that. And I don't think they get the casual fan recognition that I would like to see them get. Uh, I don't particularly love the team, but I think that I think just on paper, they're the franchise that fits that bill the most. Arizona's up there. I guess Nashville would be up there for that reason. Uh, Nashville, I think Minnesota's closer to having good years ahead than Nashville. I think Nashville's probably going to enter a rebuild before they really seriously contend uh, with this core again. So, yeah, those would be a couple teams for sure. I mean, another team would be be San Jose if they don't have that option. So... Um, there, are, there's not really a lot of teams I don't want to see it go to. I mean, obviously the Oilers, in a way, but I also kind of want to see the Oilers get it because I'm just sick of, I'm sick of fucking Connor McDavid having nobody to play with and having to lug Zach Cassian up his right wing for fucking forty five minutes a night. It's like, oh, I wonder, um, wonder why Connor McDavid can't play very well the back, uh, the back half of the game. It's like, well, because his fucking line mate can't skate anymore. That's why, probably. I wouldn't mind Columbus, and, and not just yeah. because that would mean that the Leafs won. But, um, <laughs> no, like, the, that, that's a that's another franchise where I don't think they've really had, like, a guy. Like, I loved Rick Nash, and I, I think Rick Nash was really important to the, you, the Columbus Blue Jackets really early days. Really fucking good, but he, he never was what Lafreniere is supposed to be. However, right. uh, exactly how people describe Lafreniere is how they described Rick Nash when he got drafted, so you never sure. really know what you're getting 100%. But Yeah, uh, but between them, like like I said, not really ever having anybody, but just the fact that they lost, you know, the two closest things that they did have mm-hmm. in, like, Artemi Panarin, like, He's one of the best players in the league, but like by the time he was leaving Columbus, people were just realizing that. And I don't know that that's a city that a fan a fan base I should say that I think kind of deserves a little bit of you know uh, a lucky bounce, and and he would certainly be a lucky bounce. So um, one one more thing on the uh, 
the, the draft lottery thing. Um, if you're Pierre Dorian, how invested are you in trying to move up? Package that 3-5, go for the French-Canadian kid at 1, or do you think there's more value in that franchise grabbing two no. top five guys? Nope. Um, nope, because as far as I know, uh, they have uh, what I would consider to be one of the deepest prospect pools in the league. They don't have anyone that is supposed to, at least as a forward, that's supposed to be a superstar. Closest thing is Brady Kachuk. Not really. Like, I know Brady Kachuk's really good. I like Brady Kachuk. I don't even know that he's a number one center when you, if you move him to center. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's, there's, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting thought. The thing is, is uh, if I'm Pierre Dorian, I'm trying to move up. The problem is, is it depends who wins the lottery because there's not going to be a lot of teams that are going to be in a position to want to trade down. Now, ironically, uh, given all the points I just made, like one of the teams that probably should move down is the Minnesota Wild because to get, um, you know, Stutzla and whoever else they want to draft, uh, as opposed to getting Lafreniere, like that probably helps put them where they want to be a little bit quicker because I'm sure they don't want to take their sweet-ass time with this rebuild. It's just to me like like it's the same argument we've made all, all the years with uh, with the Leafs, like paying these guys and the and the Penguins in the past paying these guys. Like I would rather have one Lafreniere than a Stutzla and a whatever. Or you know what I mean? Like I would rather have... Um, you know, fucking Austin Matthews, than to have, I don't know who's a good, who's a couple good centermen like Sean Couturier and fucking I don't know Nolan Patrick or whatever. Like, like I, you know what I mean? I would rather have the guy that's pretty much better than everyone else he's going to play with that night, rather than a guy who some nights maybe isn't going to be. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Um, yeah. Like I'd rather have Kucherov than Mitch Marner. Is what I'm getting at, and right. and, a, and another right. like lesser Marner or something. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I think I think it's an interesting thought, and I think that they should pursue it. I think any team that has the opportunity to move up and get the number one pick, almost in every case, should probably do it uh, this year. So, I'm I, I mostly agree. Like I, I think, like I hate playing into like the whole francophone thing because I think it's kind of like overstated and in terms of its importance but like uh, he's he's just he's a guy that I think regardless of what the last name says like Ottawa should be gunning for that top pick because like I agree with you they, they definitely need well that kickstart it just and they it can helps that he's French Canadian like that that sure. is just an added bonus from a marketing standpoint but you're right like you know yeah. if his name was fucking uh, Alexi Lafreniere I would be saying the same thing sure It'll be interesting. I think there's a couple teams on the list that would definitely entertain the idea of maybe trading down and getting a couple cornerstone pieces. Like, um, just off the top of my head, like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, like, would the Winnipeg Jets want to trade down and maybe start looking at patching that D core that kind of up and left? The Jets are an interesting one because if you're them, and now that Patrick Line has developed into somewhat of a two way player, would you rather just take the pick, draft Lafreniere, and trade Patrick Line, or or trade another forward? But I mean, Line probably makes the most sense because you have Connor locked You'd up. You get the biggest, 
you'd get the base yeah. You have Connor locked sure. up. You have Ealers on a very friendly deal. I would say, you know, like Wheeler, you're not going to trade him. Uh, Shifley, you're not going to trade him. So, like, Line is kind of the guy. Unfortunately, that makes the most sense. And having gotten to know Jets fans quite well, uh, probably the guy they wouldn't they would be most willing to move as much as they love him. So, I mean, the Jets would be an interesting one. I I, I see the merit to trading down, but I think there's just as much merit to just taking the kid and trying to trade one of your stars. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Like, uh, it's it's rare that we have a situation... Well, I shouldn't say it's rare. It's never happened where we, we have this situation where we don't know who's drafting first, but everybody else is kind of beginning to position themselves. And uh, I'll be really shocked if Ottawa doesn't make a strong push to try to get up uh, up the draft rankings and and if they can't where, where do they go do they shoot for second like is you know would they would they value the option to take byfield over stutzel that much to to try to move up hard to say i don't know yeah i, I mean i probably would um just again based on what i said about ottawa is, is they could use a centerman um they could use a kid like byfield i mean it's not completely impossible that Byfield slips to three anyway so that's another thing that they need to mm-hmm. to monitor because if they get if they get news that uh, the Kings don't want Byfield there's no point in making the trade uh, however if I am the LA Kings I'm almost guaranteed not trading the pick and just taking Byfield um, because I think Byfield is probably best case scenario for the LA Kings because they can sort of build their team the way that they built it in the past, which is just big, uh, smooth skating forwards that can cycle the puck down low, and Byfield, by all accounts, is that guy. So um, that's honestly the fucking most perfect thing that could have happened for the LA Kings. I, 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 I Until we know who won, you know, for, who, who gets first overall, like, it's very clear that the Kings won the draft lottery to me. So... Yeah, I, I, I think that there's there's a lot of merit to try to trade up this year given what's out there, but I, I think um I think a lot of teams are just gonna be happy where they're at too. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think the Kings are uh, the big not the biggest winners, but they they're definitely uh, you know, winners from the from the whole lottery that took place and talk Detroit fans I you know what I it, it happens. Like we watched the Avalanche go through this a few years ago, and you know you'd like to say that you know maybe there's a Kale McCarr out there waiting for you, yeah. but that, that's a gut punch. Well, and I mean, it happens. But this is a tough one because you compare it to other years, and like obviously this is a very deep draft this year, so there is a silver lining there. But the idea of getting a player of Lafreniere's caliber obviously hurts. I mean, one thing I guess a positive. You do have Philip Zadina in the system. Like, he should yeah. be pretty fucking good, but... Um, I think yeah. the, there's a big drop-off, though. Like, like it is a deep draft, but those those top three guys, and if you're Detroit and you're Steve Eisman going into that, that like, evening on Friday, you got to be thinking, like, there's no way we're not getting at least Stutzel, Byfield, or Lafreniere, and they're not getting any of them, and they're going to get a great player. It's just, I think it's a tier below... At this point, at least, you know, we never know how these guys shake out. But I think uh, of the guys like ranked around the top ten, they probably can't go wrong. I, I think the only guy that um, has some bust potential to him is probably going to be Jake Sanderson, but that remains to be seen what he's going to be. Uh, but everyone else, like I, I think, 
Cole Perfetti at eight. Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. that kid's fucking True. unbelievable. So It'll be interesting. Um, our underrated, overrated, favorite, least favorite this week. We're doing cocktails. Hmm. The cocktail No guy. real rhyme or reason. No real rhyme or reason. Just yeah. been, you know, nice weather. Been... <laughs> Been mixing up, haven't been sticking to the beers as, as tightly as, sure. as I used to. What have you, so. you been drinking then? Lots of Caesars. Yesterday was a big Caesar day yeah. on Canada Day. Jesus fucking um, love Caesar. A um, couple others that I, I will get to in my in my list here for sure. Okay. But, um, would you like the honor, sir? Your your underrated cocktail. Uh, under underrated to kick it off. Wow. Okay. Um, underrated. Underrated. See, that's a t- like that is kind of a tough one. I don't. I don't really. I don't really have one prepared for underrated, I would say. Um, see, like, it's tough, too, like, to, to work as a bartender and just know what people order. Like, I don't know that it's underrated because a lot of people do like them. But, like, I, w- I would say, like, an old-fashioned is, is pretty underrated. Um, oh, yeah. Just given because how simple they are. But there's a lot of complexities to the to the... To the little parts of it, I think. So, um, if you would have told me like what an old fashioned was, uh, I probably never would have tried it initially. But once I did, I did like them. Um, but I don't know. I am reading an article like as I'm scrolling here, just trying to think about it. That uh, it is apparently the number one cocktail in the world. So maybe it's not <laughs> underrated. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. You know what? Another thing too, I would say is uh, I do like a dark and stormy. Um, so okay. you know what I'm going to stick Dark and Stormy I think for under, underrated I think uh, I think Dark and Stormy would be the one for me Dark Dark and Stormy that, that's a good one and now do you when you make them uh, behind the bar um, you're a uh, add the bitters last type of guy right get that stormy effect going or are you uh, uh, an idiot like some of our co-workers that just put it in the bottom and you know get the storm factor well not just the bitters last but the alcohol last because that's Alcohol kind of the sure. I um I I it's the reverse it's the reverse really I think like I think that's the way we're technically supposed to do it but for some reason I stopped doing it for a while and I did have a customer like come up and like he's like it wasn't mad he's like like pumped he's like you know like how about you try like doing it like the other way around and I'm like you know what that is the way you're supposed to do it I just kind of got in the habit of doing it the other way around so I do do the booze last now because it is supposed to kind of float on the top sort of thing but. There it is. Um, yeah, they are pretty good. Now you got me thinking about making a fucking dark and stormy. Honestly, mm. like one thing I'll say, you'll learn about all my answers here is I fucking love anything with ginger beer. So, okay, I love ginger beer. I think it's great. I, I I've had many just glasses of ginger beer at work. So yeah, that's perfectly I'm right there with you. Perfectly acceptable. Uh, my underrated beverage, and and again, this is all going to be like I, I I can't wait for the tweet tomorrow when someone's like, it's not underrated. You're the old fashioned. That's sort of, yeah. um. <clears throat> Uh, the Negroni. I no, find, I, th- uh... I think there's a case to be made that's underrated. I, I know a lot... I don't know a lot of people outside of Italians that drink a lot of Negronis, but they are pretty good. Yeah, they're, they're like... The people that are loyal to them are loyal yeah. uh, to a fault. Yeah. And <laughs> But the problem is is that it's not like it's... It's not a drink that is easily just like... Oh, you want something new? Try a Negroni. Like that's never really your first instinct when you're recommending a drink for mm-hmm. someone. So, it's definitely. Uh, I like to end the night with with a Negroni once in a while. That's. I find that's a nice way to just kind of. Okay, I'm gonna sit down and sip on this. It's not gonna be uh, something I'm throwing back yeah. real hard and just kind of you know to get that. 
there is something to be said for that nightcap drink for sure. Like I yeah. think that there are a lot of drinks that are that way for a reason. Um, Amaro you get that aperitif in you, and it's, yeah. it's helping your stomach out a like, little bit. Like I am, good. I do like at like a family dinner having like a like a coffee and Bailey's after dinner. But like I would happily trade it for like a Negroni or something like that too. When I'm out somewhere, uh, somewhere nice for dinner, mm-hmm. um, I'll I'll usually go to the Negroni route after the meal's yep. done in, in lieu of dessert and just sit yeah. there and sip on yeah. that. Yeah, depending what you eat for dinner, like I'm not... I do love dessert, but I almost never order it when I'm out. Um, yeah. It is one thing I do have a ton of self-control for, almost too much, is I don't eat dessert stuff almost ever, but I fucking love dessert. I think it's unbelievable. You love it when it's kind of forced upon you and you don't have the option. <sighs> yeah, I don't say no. I'm not going to yeah. say no, but I'm not going to go out of my way to order it, that's for sure. Fair enough. Uh, you're overrated, sir. Overrated for me, like, it's not really a specific one. Um, it just kind of speaks to a bunch of different cocktails. But, like, I think anything where the mix is is almost strictly soda-based, uh, it's not for me. I don't like club soda. Um, so, like, like, even just a simple, like, vodka soda, fucking gin and soda... Uh, gin and tonic even really like all that kind of stuff it, it doesn't do anything for me and I'll say I hate club soda to the point that I if if it, if I had to choose between the two I would rather have a vodka water like I literally I just I think club soda is <laughs> fucking gross what I will say is like I like it when it's just used for a little bit of carbonation so like if it were a vodka, mostly water just with a little bit off. of with a little bit of soda, yeah, yeah no, I'm I'm good with that. But Something I, with lime juice, you just top sure it anything so that like that. But if the yeah. soda is doing most of the work, it's not for mm. me. Okay, yeah. Fair so enough. I I guess I if I had to pick one, I would say a vodka soda because I like the taste of gin better. So at least with the soda, it I'll get at least the taste of gin. So your, your soda based beverages. Yeah, I'm not a soda, yeah. not a strictly soda-based beverage guy. If a little bit of soda is yeah. fine, but there's got to be some That's flavor fair. to hide it or something. Got to have some excitement in your life, you know. A little, a little spice you know what's ironic somewhere. about that too is I actually don't really like really sweet cocktails ever. So, so either so like soda is your perfect like way to get away from that, but mm. um, it's just yeah, it's not for me. More more of a whiskey on the rocks type yeah, of. Yeah, honest to god, if I had to pick, <laughs> probably yeah, that would be the way to go. Right, I remember one time uh, we had oh. a we had a party at one of my buddies' house in high school, and I just like literally like I was in high school, so I didn't need that much to get drunk. But I uh, cheap night out, I just bought a uh, a Mickey of Captain Morgan's. I just sat there drinking it straight the whole night, and everyone thought it was fucked. I was wearing like a plaid <laughs> shirt, like it's like very uncharacteristic of who I am now, if you know me well. But yeah, it's it was an interesting night. But I was just like I was just happy sipping that. Because, well, to be, uh, like, yeah. pop is just very sweet to me. So that's why, like, now that I'm a bartender, I like different ways to kind of counteract the sweetness. Because I can't just do strictly, like, a rum and coke. Like, I, if I have to do, like, a rum press or something. Like, you know, it can't... Mm. Pop can't do all the work for me. That's, yeah, that's that's very understandable. And, and I, I, I will agree it uh, it's, it's a little overrated. Uh, my overrated is the uh, martini. Yeah, I, that's fair. That was I don't know. what I thought about too. I don't get it. It's just vodka, but cold. Maybe an olive. Maybe some olive juice. I need the olive it's not juice bad. for sure. I need the olive yeah. juice for sure. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that the martini's 
bad. No. It's just, it's kind of overrated. No, Everyone has seen James Bond too many times, and they want to ask the bartender for the martini. And they do you know, shake it and all this, and it's like, okay, here we go again, for sure. Yeah. But, I don't know. It's fine. It's not great. That's fair. Yeah. There you go. That's fair. Uh, my, I guess, favorite now? Um, Your favorite. My favorite is, uh, wow, it's, it's tough to pick. It's tough to pick, but my favorite two favorites are very situational based i wouldn't drink them all the time i don't think but uh definitely uh um i definitely love a white russian man like i i <laughs> i i fucking think they're so good and uh it's not just because the big lebowski is one of my favorite movies i i always liked white russians before i realized i liked that movie um so I would say that, but that is one thing I don't. I don't drink them often, and I usually only have one when I have them, just because uh, I also don't drink a lot of milk usually. So, especially not when I'm drinking. Um, so white Russians are kind of funny. Like if I'm drinking them, I almost don't drink them when I'm out drinking. It would just be something I would have one or two of, um, and not drink anything else that night. Um, so I do, they're my, I love the flavor of them, but they're very, uh, they're very, you know, they're not very utilitarian, you know, it's like a, that's fair. It's more like a painting, you know, it's just, uh, it's meant to be enjoyed. Uh, not for, it's not for getting around like a Jeep. Weird comparison. Um, my other one is, ah, man, there's like two more still. I, I love, um, I love a Caesar, but I, I am particular with my Caesars. I do like them uh, somewhat, not incredibly spicy, but spicy, but definitely somewhat. Uh, and I definitely need pickle juice in there. If there's no pickle juice, then I like definitely spicy and probably a double because I want some flavor. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't. Again, I don't like the clamato doing all the work. It needs a little bit of help. No, for it me, can't. You know, those are the worst. the The, the Caesar is either the best drink on the menu or the worst yeah and it, it's not even close it's yeah. never you're right in the middle yeah it's so. it's it, I, it is one cocktail very easy to fuck up because there's a lot of different ways to make them you know and i do i i wouldn't say they're my favorite but i actually do really like a a gin cucumber caesar too they're pretty good um hmm. but they're they're a different drink entirely it's it's not the same drink i went to a, a wedding last year where i was part of the wedding party and prior to the dinner we were you know you're up you're socializing we could go to the bar and get a drink and i went and i got a caesar and the caesar was fantastic perfect here we go this guy knows what he's doing he's on the ball uh, i'm gonna have caesars for the next little while here dinner served what i didn't realize was that the wedding party got like table service uh-huh. and i without thinking anything of it just said oh, i'll have another caesar uh, and somehow the other bartender like made the complete opposite of the first Caesar, <laughs> despite having the same access of ingredients in front of them. Yeah. And I don't know how that happens, but like I said, it's either the best or the worst drink on the menu. So. Yeah. I will say, um, like on top of that, like those are my two favorite cocktails, but obviously, you know, Caesars, um, they again are not something I would have more than like three of in an evening. I would mm. switch over to something else. Uh, I definitely would never have a white Russian and a Caesar on the same day. <laughs> so, so that like that's another thing. I'll I'll say though, if I'm out getting drunk, uh, fucking Moscow Mule would be my choice. Okay, 
Not a bad one for underrated, even. Like, that would, uh, that's... They're, they're up and coming. I, I feel like not a lot yeah. of people know what a Moscow Mule is. They, they might actually be the underrated option. You, you might be right, yeah. but... Um, I definitely don't get enough love for sure. Definitely, when I'm out getting drunk, that is another drink. Though, if it's not done to a T, they they can suck pretty easily. Like if it's if it's uh, flat ginger beer or it's watered down mm. or something, I like that. It needs to be. I need to get a little bit of kick out of it, you know. For sure, yeah, a little bit of pep. Yeah. Uh, my favorite is the margarita. Really? Uh, yep. Big fan of the margarita. Jimmy margarita. Um, I, I think my my love of them kind of started uh, with uh, the Mexican place in town, El El Trey, yeah. and uh, wanted to take part in the experience. So you get the mar- you get the you know the local drink. They do make and, a damn uh, good margarita. The Diablo margarita there is fantastic. Which one it's is got, that? Uh, it's the spicy one. I, I can't remember what it is they put in there, but it's actually a spicy okay. drink that ends up coming out of it fan fucking tastic and and now it's to the point where i'll just kind of go out and i'll ask for margaritas at like places that i'm not at a lot just to kind of see like if you if you fuck this up i'm sticking to beer yeah. every time i come here <laughs> in the future because yeah. like you shouldn't fuck up a margarita it's 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 not one of those drinks like the mule or the caesar where if you make it if you make it bad it's it's still pretty good most times but um yeah that would be my go-to big salt salt rim guy gotta have the salt rim no sugar rim i've seen sugar rim margaritas doesn't work Mm, no i mean what why would you do a sugar rim so i don't really know the logic but like i've seen the frozen margaritas which are also good but for some reason people like to sugar rim the frozen margaritas and salt rim the liquid and it's yeah i don't know that doesn't make any sense to me like it's still a tequila based drink so, mm-hmm. <laughs> any drink with tequila in it should have some sort of a salt counteract. I, I would agree, much. yeah, like, for the most part, yeah. yeah. Like, it's, that's very accurate, for sure. Yeah. I, I'm i happy to know that I can go to your house and feel safe ordering a margarita, so you, and you won't give me sugar. Yeah, so, uh, i got to tell you, good. not like I don't like margaritas, I can't, I can't imagine I got any margarita mix kicking around, but I'll, I'll make sure to maybe pick some up while I'm out tomorrow, and I can, <laughs> I can whip you up a couple when you get here. There it is. Um, there it is. Least favorite, eh? I think I burned my least favorite. Oh, no, I do have a least favorite. Um, you know what? And I'm not even, I like, I'm not going to chirp people who like them, but I, I don't really like whiskey sours. I don't. It's not for me at all. Nothing about it. Interesting. Nothing about them. Okay. Don't like them. I'm not a big. I'm not a big whiskey sour guy either. Like. No. It just that that's like a drink that, that I feel kind of falls somewhere in the middle where I, I definitely understand why people get them, but I, I feel like it's it's definitely like a I don't know what I like yet. I'm gonna get yeah. this. It could be one and... of those things too where I've never had the, like a really good one. I guess like I don't know like any time I've ever had them was that more of like a um, a bar where things are thrown together quickly. You know what? Yeah. I don't. I don't necessarily love mojitos, and the only reason I don't order them is because they're pretty much just uniformly the same thing everywhere. Um, but they are a drink like I would. I would like a little less mint and maybe some cranberry in it, and I think I would like them mm. a little bit better. Mint does not belong in a drink, as far as I'm concerned. But I would rather drink a mint drink than a, a whiskey sour. Which is kind of funny because I like everything in a whiskey sour, um, other than the, other than if you're putting club soda in it. Um, but I just don't like it all together. 
big egg, egg white guy, eh? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Again, I, I don't know if you heard my favorite cocktails. My my favorite cocktail is a little weird, so I like a cocktail with milk in it. For fuck's sake, James. Yeah, that is a, that's a dangerous recipe for sure. <laughs> do you do, do you like white Russians? They're okay. Again, I don't know if it's something I would order at a bar on purpose. I ordered but like one. If someone's uh, like, "Here's a white Russian." I ordered one for some reason at the DAV around Christmas time one year. And I walked up to the bar and I, uh, Skippy, like, is just like, Caesar or beer tonight? And I'm like, no, Skip, you're making me a white Russian. She looks up at me. She's like, were you watching the fucking Big Lebowski before this? (laughs) And just, like, angrily starts making the drink. She didn't have any of the ingredients, like, ready to go, right? I'm like, son of a bitch. It was delicious. Yeah, don't piss off. Don't piss off the bartender, right? Yeah, gonna need to uh, pay a visit to Skippy at some point in the next mm-hmm. few days. Now that the uh, the old Da Vinci well, patio's fired up, especially because it's gonna be like thirty five degrees out for the next <laughs> fourteen weeks. So. I don't. Um, I don't know. Like I, we set up the. I set up the portable air conditioner today. I don't think I went outside for more than five minutes all day. I barbecued uh, some hot dogs for lunch. And I barbecued chicken uh, for dinner, and I didn't. I don't think I went outside for anything else the entire day. More than five minutes, so, obviously. I didn't cook my chicken for three minutes. So, so my house is like yours in the sense that uh, we have a portable air conditioning unit, mm-hmm. one upstairs, one downstairs. Yeah, you're gonna need that on a house of your size. And and uh, so yeah, I'm on the second floor. It gets real toasty up there. And um, I got, I got. The, that's the big thing. Eh? It's like we don't turn this on, like unless you need to turn this on. So, I get the, I get the go ahead fired up. I, go, I go to get it. I got the unit. I get the hose, and then there's the window insert, not to be found. Cannot be found anywhere. Wasn't with the hose. Wasn't with the unit. So it was just like, oh yeah, I guess you can't use it. So I left. I just left. I didn't, I didn't come home the rest of the day. I went to my girlfriend's who has air conditioning. And just melt it in the basement instead of putting up with not having the unit here. Well, so. see, like, you mean the little, the, just the little piece that connects to the end of the hose so you can put it in the window properly? Mm-hmm. You can just put the hose in the window and just block off the window. I mean, like, it, it, it doesn't work as well, but... Because because of where the window is, there's just 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 enough slack on the hose where it pulls out, oh. like, every, every few oh, okay. minutes. It's just going to pop out, yeah. so... Um, yeah, just to help with that, my my dad ended up finding it when he got home from work. He he had it somewhere else in the house for for no real good reason. It was kind of weird, but uh, sale of yeah, me, maybe I it duels as uh, the end for the vacuum cleaner, something like that. I'm sure. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, my least favorite cocktail uh, is any flavored daiquiri. Um, mm. I don't want your strawberry daiquiri. I don't want your mango daiquiri. <laughs> If you make a regular daiquiri, like just a classic daiquiri, sure, um, it's it's like a it's like the margaritas, you know, half decent cousin. Uh, but as soon as you start mixing up different flavors of the shit and throwing chunks of fruit in there, and it's, no, thank you, I'm out. I, there, there, I never do. I need chunks of something in an alcoholic beverage. Like I, I've never. I don't, I don't mind a, a garnish. A good garnish is good where I can control when I'm putting it in my mouth. But when I, I get, grab something and it's blended up and I don't know exactly what I'm going to get with each corresponding gulp, it loses me. So, hmm. there you go. Um, 
according the the most popular cocktails in the world, the, would you like to hear the ten most? I guess we'll do a quick top ten here. Top ten. Uh, top ten. Uh, top ten most popular cocktails in the world. Number ten, Aperol Spritz. Number nine is a Mojito. Number eight is a Manhattan. Eh. Number seven is a Margarita. Number six is an Espresso Martini. Um, mm. I guess they definitely included Europe into this uh, study. Uh, whiskey <laughs> Sour is five. Dry Martini is four. Three is a Daiquiri. Number two is a Negroni. And number one is an Old Fashioned. So I was completely wrong saying an Old Fashioned's underrated. Everyone likes them. Uh, I have I have made every one of those drinks at some point in my uh, I don't. Career. I've never had to make a daiquiri. Uh, I'll say that one for sure. I don't, I've never had to make a, an espresso martini, but I've been around while one has been made. Mm. Um, I like espresso, but I don't think I'd care for the martini. Yeah. I, I would never order one for sure, but I, I guess I get it. Yeah. Like, sure. If you're out somewhere nice, fire it up. I gotta you tell know, you, it's thing. been so long since I've been to that fucking place. I'm getting close to ordering an espresso machine. Like I'm just, I, I you know. Sometimes I don't want a coffee in the morning. I just want a quick, you know, quick little hop and a step and two and a half sips and exactly. out the door. Oh yeah. god! Like especially like I go golfing in the mornings now because I golf every day, pretty much. It'd just be way better. Like I don't ever want to have a cup of coffee and then fucking do eighteen holes. Like I'd rather just down a, a quick little espresso, get out there, and then you know the beers go down a little better on the back on the back nine. You know, you're not wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, get get to be time to invest in one. I would say. Um... That is the laced up. We are still quarantined. Hockey podcast for this week. Yeah. Nothing, nothing to report on my end. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm trying just not to, like I said, melt away into nothingness. I'm extremely burnt. My entire body is dehydrated. If I'm not here next week, please send in lieu of flowers donations to the uh, Heat Stroke Foundation of Canada. Uh, yeah, don't uh, accidentally send it to the Heart and Stroke Foundation either. Um, no, yeah, no, I that didn't take. Me. I don't really have anything to plug. Um, again, like the fucking NHL is supposed to be coming back. I don't fucking know when, so why would I write anything? Like I don't, I don't know. Till I, till I see. Go, go, uh, go rent a houseboat. Yeah, oh, oh. go get a houseboat. Yeah, I guess I would say that is like uh, next summer when hopefully everything's back to normal. If you're looking for something to do with the boys, <laughs> bachelor parties, anything like that, holy shit, uh, I, I couldn't say a bad thing about it. I was Honestly, I was pretty reserved uh, about it initially because I am someone when I'm on vacation, I do, I do like my personal space a little bit. Uh, definitely would say uh, strong reviews on all ends. Everything was everything so was great. Do you, do you sleep on the boat? You do. I mean, you don't so, have to. You, you sleep on the beach. Uh, if you how want. was that? Because like I, I don't do great when I'm underneath a boat. Like if I'm on the the, the deck and I can see everything, I'm okay. As soon as I go below deck, well, I'm I'm woozy. the size of our boat. You're not below anything. You're on you're on the main level of the boat because the boat has two levels. There's just the main level for um, it's just the bedroom bedrooms in the kitchen. So you walk up uh, some steps to get onto the boat, and then you're just on that main level. So you're not okay. you're not below anything, um, and then the top level is just like a party area kind of thing. Um, it's just wide open, you know what I mean? Picnic table shit like that up there. So yeah, you know what? It's another thing too. Like I've had uh, I've had some seasickness in the past on bigger boats, but I was on the ocean, so it was a little bit of a different experience. The thing with this houseboat is we were docked uh, on a beach, 
so the beach or the the boat's not moving the entire time like part of the boat is like on top of sand we had to push it to get it off so what i would say is the boat isn't really like going up and down with the waves or anything we were kind of in a bay we were right up on um sand so yeah as someone who was partially concerned about that initially um yeah didn't didn't come up i would say with the size of the boat and because the weather didn't get anything crazy even when you were out on the waters there was very little feeling of the the up and down sensation just because the boat is a decent size but it depends what size boat you get right like we went with 10 guys we got a 58 foot boat so Hmm. yeah it was pretty i guess worst case you you can't sleep from the from the rock and the waves you get up you have a few more beers and you pass out yeah like it's really not up to you that's another thing right like i didn't uh didn't sleep a lot so i can't really say Hmm. that you know i think i was uh, i was there three nights i might have slept a collective like 13 hours so um, mm. you know, that, that, that says something after, uh, I stayed up late the first night I, intentionally, but second night, uh, my buddy stole my bed. So I just, uh, stayed up and slept in the kitchen once uh, everyone went to bed, which was good because there were beds in there. Interesting. But the, the problem with that is once someone's up, you're up because you're there in the main area and banging pots and shit. And, nice. But I would strongly okay. recommend it's great, uh, good time with there the boys go. or the ladies. Oh yeah. The ladies do like to have a good time once in a while for sure Mm -hmm. can confirm um (laughs) check us out on um wherever you found this episode creepy and uh let's have a good time with all of the ladies (laughs) it's like going i uh in in my tonic in the my younger days, I was going to say, in my younger days, I used to be the DJ. <laughs> <laughs> Always wonder what happened to that guy. It just happened to be James. Let's get all the sexy bitches on the Whores and floor. sluts on that. What are you talking about, man? Like, you're driving everyone out of here. It's just all dudes in here. What are you talking about? Fucking brutal, that guy. I don't like. I don't know how they yeah, thought right. that was like productive. It didn't get <laughs> any. It didn't make any girl feel comfortable. Like even guys there with their girlfriend are just like we gotta fucking get out of here. This guy's horrible. Uh, okay. Yeah, anyway, R.I.P. Uh, yeah, uh, R.I.P. Tonic. Mm. Gin and tonic. Yeah. Goodbye. Okay. I'm telling you, this place is perfect. You're gonna make friends in no time. Get me out of here! Here, just eat that. Leave us alone. Watching the sun bake All of those tourists covered with oil Strumming my six string On my front porch swing Smell those shrimp there
Nothing to show but this brand new tattoo But it's a real beauty A Mexican cutie How it got here I haven't a clue Wasting away again in Margarita Bay Searching for my lost shaker of salt Some people claim that there's a woman blame Now I think It's my 